Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. Always an honor and pleasure to be with you guys. It's always, um, it's just it's just an honor to be able to interact with you. Um, well, uh, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail, if anybody got any uh, questions, theological questions, got my co-host with me, Pastor Michael Teddy. Uh, dialing in from India. Pastor Michael, um, what's happening? I know we are continuing in the epistle to James, and we are going to get probably into a heavy topic uh, in our first half of the show today. But we do, I want to give you Pastor Michael, because I, I just heard something firsthand from Michael. And I said to myself, before we even start the study, I'd like uh, Pastor Michael to share this experience that he just went through. As we know, his lovely wife is pregnant with their second child. And with that, I'm going to just, I'm going to take the baton and pass it to my co-host. I, I love Michael Teddy, uh, Pastor Michael. He's my dear friend. And Pastor Michael, uh, take us away, brother. Amen. It's it's good. It's good to be with you all again. Uh, praise the Lord. I, uh, yeah, it's it's been just amazing how the Lord has been faithful uh, in teaching and training so many of us here in India. Um, we keep watching the growth of the church at large in India, and uh, there's a lot of encouraging things happening here. So I would, you know, ask all of you listening in to pray specifically for India, for the Indian people, for the churches here that are laboring. And my own church, uh, Redemption Hill, we serve at the southern tip of India. And uh, if ever you find yourself here, you you have to come visit us. We'd love to have you. So I was just sharing with Pastor Dom about something that happened uh, a week back, and just I want to thank the Lord, and I want to I want to thank Him in front of all of you because of what He did. You know, with my wife's three months pregnant now, and we're three months in, and um, it's around that time we were asked to take a few tests to uh, check if the baby has any anomalies and all the tests came out negative. So it was, it was okay. There was nothing to worry about. The baby wasn't positive for any, uh, anything out of the ordinary. But a few days later, we get a call from the doctor saying that one of the blood tests has come back and that has uh, indicated a high risk of Down syndrome. And so the doctors called us and asked us to rush to the hospital to retake the scans, retake the tests, to make sure that uh, we're able to verify. So we got up, we went there, we did all of those tests. And so the doctor was sitting us down and telling us, look, uh, the first test shows a high risk, a high probability of Down syndrome. We need to redo the test. And if the second time we do it, it shows a negative, then you're fine. You don't have to bother about it. But if it does show positive, then she was encouraging us to go and do some further tests which were extremely painful uh, and expensive. Um, and so she said, we need to do those tests in order to confirm if the baby has Down syndrome. 
so i was asking the doctor and i and I, you know and, and i'm very familiar with the language um, and i i've heard the same happen to many people that i know who said the same thing so the reason they want us to do the more complicated test and pay all that money is to confirm if the baby has down syndrome and that allows us the uh, opportunity if we uh, for terminating the pregnancy um and there are many people who in similar situations um do the test and uh, you know she was telling us how they are so anxious as they wait for the result for weeks get the result and then they decide what they want to do um so we came back home and i you know me and my wife we sat down and we just uh, we just you know we just talked it through and we was just saying you know we we never going to do that scan um if if uh if this test comes out positive we're never going to do the intrusive scans because uh at that point we weren't bothered anymore whether uh, for knowing if the baby has down syndrome or not because we we you know we came to that place where i was saying if god blesses us with a baby with down syndrome we will love the baby as much as we love our firstborn we're going to love him and or her and we're going to serve the lord faithfully and so we both agreed to not do the test not do the scans and half an hour later we get a call from the lab saying that the test results came back and it was negative for down syndrome and so we didn't have to go any further with it but it was uh it was just a moment where i really felt the lord sat us down and helped us examine our hearts and uh, i am so thankful we both sat down and said we're going to receive this baby with open arms if the lord gives us this baby and god was so good and gracious to um to make it otherwise but yeah either way we were thankful for what what god did yeah and that's it's a sobering it's a sobering story but it's a, it's a praise story but you know it's just you know living by the word of god is 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 obviously countercultural and we know today um life in the womb is just having a pregnancy knowing that maybe the child would come out with down syndrome to the world would be foolishness uh to say we want to keep the child and love the child but praise god uh pastor michael because you know we just need to hear those things we just need to hear yeah. that we are people of the book right we are people of the book and and we Yeah. life is precious and we're, and we're thankful and grateful that the test came out negative and and we'll be looking forward to celebrating your second child um how many more months now pastor michael before um we probably have 6 more months to go 6 more months to go okay good okay with that so it's hard to trick it's so hard to transition from that we should have probably mentioned that at the end right you got now we have to kind of transition into uh i could i yeah, go yeah I, i could actually help you with the transition okay go ahead. um <laughs> because the text we're going into has much to do with this because all of this transpired on a saturday and i was preparing my sermon while all this was happening right and um we went to the hospital we did all of this so all of this happened in the middle of my sermon prep and my sermon for that sunday was about little children <laughs> you know talk about so the providence where, of god right 
yeah and and we're going into a text that's really saying not many of you should become teachers uh, because you're judged with greater strictness i felt like the lord saying if you're going to preach about little children let me give you a little episode and see what you're going to do before you preach the text so praise the lord so basically again i want to we want to be careful here this is uh if james is kind of wisdom literature from the from the new testament so some of it sometimes right. it's kind of disjointed you know so you got to it's almost like the proverbs of the new testament right so it's kind of disjointed right. but so i want to take one verse i think 2 through 12 is more contextual about the tongue these are two hot right. these are two hot topics today right the tongue yeah. and, and so yeah. it says do not many of you become teachers my brothers knowing that we will receive a stricter judgment now, obviously speaking to believers my brothers and he's telling believers that listen i don't want many of you to be or think that you are teachers because there would be a stricter judgment basically Maybe I, I can, James is saying, listen, make sure before you think that you're being called into ministry to make sure you're truly being called. Um, and I think that's a timeless text, Pastor Michael. I, I don't think, and this is a, for two pastors, by God's grace, this is a, this is a humbling text. And it is. And I, I, I would like you to, Obviously, the text speaks for itself, but how can we know? How can we know if we are called? How do we know that we are um, definitely called of God to be teachers? And what are some of the the admonitions that you would give to at least warn people or how they can make sure that they are called is are those is that a little is that, is that okay pastor michael i mean that's i i think i'm kind of rounding it out so we can have a discussion on it if we can absolutely so uh, i'm trying to think of the title of the book but i know it's from the nine marks guys they uh, so there's there's a book they put out which uh, addresses the subject of the calling to be a pastor and uh, the the first chapter tries to replace the word calling with the word aspiring to to say that it's very difficult to come to a conclusion on the word calling because i know a lot of seminary students i know a lot of guys even in my church who would come up and say i feel like i'm called to the ministry um i feel like the lord is calling me to the ministry and really there's nothing you can do with that because how do you justify calling so the book basically says we need to start thinking of it as aspiring i just want to cut in for a second not only how do you justify calling how do you justify feeling that's the problem right. somebody says they feel something how are you going to tell them they don't feel it and i think feelings are feelings are a little we want to be careful with feelings right absolutely um, yeah okay, i mean oh, see, okay uh, just uh, yeah, go ahead please you take any passionate young man who uh, you know loves jesus uh, plugs into the church immediately all of their role models whether they look at it on youtube uh, whether they're listening to a john piper or they're coming to church and watching the kind of activities within the church 
one of the people that they all see are the preachers, the pastors, the guys behind the pulpits. And so teaching is a natural progression for a lot of these folks. And that's their desire. That, that That's the model they want to follow. That's what they want to become. And so a lot of that is mingled with feelings and desire, uh, both of which are not necessarily bad. But the problem is they don't constitute necessarily calling. So this book was helpful to try to think about it as aspiring. So uh, I think as a church, what we have done is we have said, uh, we have told young men with such desires that if God will bless their aspirations, if God would bless their desire, then it will be made evident in the use of their gift of teaching. So um, my uncle, uh, who was first to come to the faith in our family, always used to remind me, he used to say, the guys who become elders of a church are not guys who are voted. The guys who become elders of a church are those guys who are already at some level having that kind of an effect on the church. They are guys to whom others gravitate towards. Mm. They are guys to whom others rely upon, depend upon. They are guys to whom people go for counsel. They begin naturally, very naturally to have the traits and the giftings of eldership already displayed in the way they live their lives. Um, or even if it is preaching or even if it is teaching, if you're plugged into the life of the church and you're engaging with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, God is able to faithfully bring out a lot of that gifting and so I think for me, the most sound, solid, clear uh, indication that you're called to preach is for those around you to be able to look at you and say, that's exactly what you're called to do. That's exactly what God is doing in your life. We see it and we are witnesses of it. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, and in fact, um, in fact, in, in, in the book of Acts, we know that the apostles were called to preach and teach because they were, you know, Jesus was basically their uh, rabbi for choice of a better words, but, and, and he ordained them obviously, but again, they took the, they took the freedom of being the leadership of the church to appoint deacons because they were called to preach and teach. So, and, and obviously the church recognized that, because when they went to the church, the church said, yes, let's do it this way. And I think that's a that's a great point. Another thing, and I, I want to throw this out there, uh, against people gravitate towards people who they believe God is calling. Another thing I think, Pastor Michael, is that God gives you a gift of study where you are even as you're reading in your daily, say, devotions, there's always something going on where you say, how can I teach this? How can I explain this if I have to explain it? I believe that also comes into the, using your word, the aspirations of being a teaching elder in the church. I think the gift of study is something that comes along with that. Agreed? Absolutely, because the one thing that the teacher must do in any field of study is that they must be an expert in the field that they teach. 
Amen. They have to be good at what they do. In fact, it is one thing that we do as part of our pastoral internship program, where uh, which we started just a year back. And for me, I mean, I I sit with these guys. I love these guys. I I love the time we spend together. But as we go through the text, it is quite amazing how some of them are not exegetically astute. Uh, how some of them are not able to take a text and learn it and teach it the way they should. And so I labor a lot there um, to t- try to tell them, okay, you got a lot of study that needs to go in here. If if you want to aspire to be a teacher, if you want to do that, then yeah, you have to be educated on your subject. You know, I told I tell people a lot, and I'm, I want to be careful here. I tell people a lot. They talk about seminary. And I tell them, you don't go to seminary to be called. You go to seminary because you are called. Because you're called. Amen. You know, and I and I think because I've you know when in my days in in seminary, there were actually people in seminary that were just there to learn, but they didn't feel called. I mean, they just like I you know they they were they just wanted to learn more, but they they didn't want to necessarily be in the pastorate, but just wanted to learn and then and then there were people in there that believed that they were called and they were in there to make their calling and election sure so to speak and, and i think yeah. there's nothing wrong with that right right pastor michael i mean somebody can go to seminary because they just want to maybe learn a little more but you know and you know pastor michael early on in in even as god called you or inspired you to be a pastor Probably early on in your days, well, I'm going to speak for me anyway, I preached some messages that I found out later that, you know, I I probably didn't exegetically get perfectly correct, but later on would learn and, and have you experienced things of that nature? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're never saying perfection. We're always trying to say that uh, you have to be good at your craft. We, you have to be toning away at your craft. Um, and even, you know, I, I tell you, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, you go to ministry because you're called. You don't go there to find your calling. Um, in fact, I tell a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys come up to me and say, look, the reason we want to do seminary is because we want to know more about Jesus. So we just want to go. We just fascinated about Jesus. We want to know more about Jesus. And my response to them more than often is then you ought not to be going to a seminary. You need to go to the church. <laughs> plug Amen. into a healthy church, Amen. right? Amen. That's where you will know Jesus. Because what the seminary is for, it, it is an academic training. And it's good and it's necessary and it is helpful and it is advised. But it, it is an academic training. It is not a spiritual training. Now, you know, and, and uh, let me let me say this because let me backtrack on that. We got about five or six minutes here. So that what they've been doing now, and, and, and this is a great point you make, and I want to say why, because now in some of the seminaries now, what they've been doing is they've been cutting these, uh, instead of you go for an MDiv and uh, whether or not you, you know, you do languages and, and the pastors do that, but, and you make a great point because now what they're doing with seminaries, they'll have these short credits where you can go there because you want to maybe be a Bible teacher or you want to do a small group. And and I think that takes away 
from what you're you're saying, it's got to be academic because you're born again. You you believe you're aspiring to be a pastor, so you want to get there and some get some academic training to make sure that you may understand the language is correct. You may understand the pericopes correct, context correct. Those things are important. But I think if you're starting to dumb down where you can go there now to be, I don't know, a missionary or things like that, that may take away from the overall picture of what seminary training is. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. Uh, You're absolutely right. And it is an academic training. It is a necessary training. And it's, you know, it's like children's ministry in inside the church. It is so easy for children's ministry to turn into that dump yard where parents come and dump their kids, Amen. you know, instead. And so we try to always remain and we don't have a lot of children in our church, but we're making them. So soon we'll have a lot of children. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, but one thing we've decided to do is to remind the parents that they are responsible for the spiritual nurture, welfare and growth of their children, primarily. And everything the church provides is only an aid, a secondary aid to their responsibility. And in the same way, seminaries are an aid to the church. And too often, people treat seminaries as the discipleship ground where you can dump your church people into. Uh, But that's not how it works. Great point. So we need to be able to understand that it is within the life of the local church, within the life of commitment, uh, membership, discipleship, spiritual discipline, accountability. It is within the life of the church that God intended for the person, the individual to become nurtured in their faith. Their spiritual journey, their spiritual nurturing happens in the church. One of the things that I, and we'll, we'll, I got to close on this, uh, Pastor Michael, and we'll kind of, one more segment's okay for you, Pastor Michael? Yeah, sure. We'll kind of button this up in the next segment, and then we'll move on to the tongue. But one of the things I think that you have to have a love for Scripture. I think you have to love to study God's Word, and you have to be, and this is the hardest, I think, you have to be open with your fellow elders for correction at times. Absolutely. You know, um, and that's, that's, that's the hardest thing. So, Let's just revisit this at the top of the hour for a few more minutes because, and then we'll get into the tongue and hopefully we can button that up. And we miss Ashuk. He's been having some technical difficulties. So we'll we'll do another segment and then hopefully get him back for at least starting chapter four. I don't know if we'll finish all chapter three, but Pastor Michael, uh, sign us off, buddy. And uh, my fellow pastor, sign us off and we'll... uh, and we'll get back we'll get back next week and finish this up amen amen so we want to thank all of you who've been listening in to this episode of street talk theology where we take theology and bring it to the streets we love you we want to see you serve the lord faithfully and every part of our conversation is meant to edify you and we pray that the lord will strengthen you in jesus name thank you for joining us for street talk theology with pastor dominic grimaldi You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.com.
www.ghostbusters.org. <laughs>